This is Michael Arrington on WGN. Hey, how you doing, Michael? I'm doing great here from rainy California. <laughs> yeah, uh, where are you in Northern California? Where I hear it's no, rainy. And... Luckily, I'm in Southern. I'm in I'm Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, right uh, here. Yeah, it's not too bad then. You know, you've done all sorts of things in your career, opening for Brenda Lee, Tony Martin, John Denver, Jackie Vernon, Rosemary Clooney. You've acted on stage, but then. I guess it was 2004 or so, you began playing Paul Lind. What, right. and, I, and you kind of sound like him a little bit. What, what drew you well, to well, play? Well, sorry to sometimes, Stephen. It all depends on my mood. <laughs> you sound like him a lot. So what, oh, thank you. What drew no, you to play him? Well, I had been, you know, I've been doing stand-up comedy my entire life. That's how I got started in the business. And um, I was in Washington, D.C. doing a show with this character that I have. Her name is Esther Goldberg. And it's sort of like America's version of Dame Edna. And uh, it was a Sunday, and I had nothing to do. And I said, I'm going to take the train from D.C. up to uh, New York and see a, a matinee. So there was a matinee of this show called Goodnight Gracie. And it was George Burns. And it was Frank Gorshin was playing George Burns. Yeah, I remember. And, and, and so I decided to go up and see it. And it was just by myself. And I'm sitting in the back seat uh, of the theater. And, you know, he comes down and you say, good night, Gracie. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And all of a sudden I went, oh, you know, I could do this with Paul Lind. Because people had said to me, you know, he's one of the voices that I've, I've done all my life ever since my voice changed. And I decided to create this show, and next thing I know, it was Peter Marshall gets on board, Cloris Leachman, Rose Marie, all of his friends came on board and decided to help me uh, with stories about his life and some of the, the true facts about his life, and, and it just grew, and who knew it was going to take over 20 years <laughs> to get it going as, as big as, and as it continues to grow, and um so it's it, we're excited, and there's been a resurgence, uh, which is I think why you contacted me yes. a couple of weeks ago. Yes, and uh, I had started the Paul Lind. I have the rights to the estate, which is part of the things that happened when I was creating it. And his nieces ran everything, and they said, "You can do Paul and play Paul in perpetuity," as was our deal, and uh, as long as you represent him. In the right way, without the lies and blah, blah. Now, we did discuss his alcoholism because he had an alcohol problem. He had other problems. And we talk about that in the show. We deal with it in the show in a really fun uh, way um, that uh, when you see the show, you'll understand how we tackle it. But I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about some of those things. So, first of all, there is a Chicago connection. He went to Northwestern University. Northwestern. Yeah. Yes. He had kind of a tough, not necessarily childhood, but a bit later uh, didn't he have a bunch of siblings? One died early. His parents died early, I thought. He did, but he uh, peritonitis is what struck him when he was five and a half years old. And it was so funny, one of the questions that you played at the top of the show was about the nuns. Mm -hmm. He was raised by nuns. Uh, <laughs> and he was he actually was uh, his mother, who was sick, uh, had him uh, taken care of with nuns during the day. It was pretty amazing. But he had peritonitis. As a kid, and for an entire year, he uh, his mother had him in a bed next to the kitchen, hmm. and she would always feed him, and that's why he had a weight problem, and he became very, 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 very fat. And um, yes, yeah, there were some things that happened, you know, with the family and losing his family, but it was the weight problem. 
that was something that haunted him and then his his addictions and his demons you know that he had Ah, and talk about a little bit about that. He was a stand-up comic at first, appeared on Broadway eventually, and Bye Bye Birdie. He was on lots of sitcoms before eventually appearing as Uncle Arthur on Bewitched. He was a semi-regular at the time, very popular show then, Dean Martin's variety show. But he might be most remembered for Hollywood Squares. And in fact, it is hard to go on the internet and not see clips of right. Paul Lynn. What what do you think this resurgence is all about? You know, it happened to it, it happens, you know, every few years, but this is the biggest that it's ever happened. I actually created the Paul Lynn page on Facebook uh got 12 years ago, and what happened was, you know, people were signing on to it and I had 2000 here, 1000 there. Then about a few years ago it went up to about 12,000 and it's just kind of stayed there. Then about a month and a half, almost two months ago, I had put up this video on this, which is on the site. It's Paul Lind and Elizabeth Montgomery from the Hollywood Palace. It's one of the funniest, funniest videos. I put it up and it got two million views <laughs> within a wow. couple of days. And then everybody was passing it around and then they kept coming to the page. And so I went from 12,000 and this morning I'm getting ready to hit 42,000 followers on the site. Well, maybe and, you'll have uh, forty-two thousand one or something after this. I hope so. Oh, anyway. hush! I you. It's WGN. Hello. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I know. All right. So um, he is. It's become such a, a sensation that Billy Eichner, I believe, is looking to portray Paul Lynn well, in a pitch. They haven't. They haven't bothered to contact me about the rights. Uh, but it's a pitch right now, and uh, I'm. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, but uh, I think after his movie Bros bombed, <laughs> he doesn't exactly have um, too many things on his plate at the moment. So I don't know. I'm waiting for them to call me. Yeah, and it would be a feature film that we're talking about if they call you and if, if they, they say yes. Me. Yeah, and all of those things. <laughs> all right. So no, we so- actually have another script uh, I, uh, that was written by a gentleman named Billy Butler, William Butler, uh-huh. um, and Aaron Strongoni, and it's uh, wrote the wrote off center, and it's one of the it's an incredible script. So that's something that we've been trying to produce, but that's done with the estate and my blessings, you know, to do it the right way. Was Paul? So we'll see Lynn, what happens. Was he truly? Was, was he truly one of the quickest wits? I mean, it seemed that he answered those questions so incredibly fast. Uh, did he? he did. did he okay. know what they were in advance? They they knew some of the questions. Whatever. In fact, I just are you ready for this? Yeah, I will About be. Three uh, three weeks ago, uh, I don't know. It, Wendy Liebman is one of the funniest female comedians in the country, and she texts me and she goes, "Michael, you've got to meet Roberta Kent," and I go. I've heard of Roberta. We've been talked about. We've never met. Roberta was one of the original writers for the Hollywood Squares. You need to have her on. Okay. And um, she's amazing. So she was giving me information about that as well as Bruce Valanche. You know, Bruce wrote, but Roberta was one of the original writers. And yes, there were there were all of them. Everybody on the show had help, you know, but Paul was very funny needless to say you know his timing was impeccable and they would give them you know answers but he put his little paul in twist to it well also what what i loved and if you watch the clips, you can go to YouTube, just type in Paul Lind and you can. Or you can go to the Paul Lind page which that is, I have. Yes. Which is uh, Paul Lind, his name, and the number one. 
because somebody grabbed the name 100 years ago, but it's Paul Lind 1, the number one, on Facebook, and it's got so many videos. But yeah, you're right. You type in Paul Lind, boom. And then, okay, so you go to your page and you see these videos, and what I enjoy, watch this, if you watch any of the videos, you can Mm -hmm. see, for example, Buddy Hackett go, (laughs) ha! It is the performers themselves that, I mean, he was great. The audience loved him. Peter Marshall, clearly to this day, because we had Peter on the show, I don't know, about eight months ago. However. Oh, really? Yeah. But it is oh. also the the other performers that are there. Uh, oh, Rose Marie. You always hear her going Yeah, out. exactly. I love him. Yep. And, but you, you Rosie, know. Rosie. Go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say Rose Marie. We, she and I have known each other since I was 18, and I met her through Rosemary Clooney when I opened for Rosemary Clooney for a couple of summers as a kid, this teenager, and that's how I met Rosemary. And when I brought the show to Hollywood uh, the first time, Rosie, Rosie came to every – Rosemary came to every single uh, uh, version of the show as we were workshopping it. She and Peter came – to see the show the first time we ever workshopped it in front of an audience. Wow. And I got their blessings, you know. How nice. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is very cool. Playing all over the world, because I know you played it in Mexico, so that counts, you know. Can you believe that? We I know. All of the art. Here we are, burritos in, in Paul Land. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh, what more could you ask for, Stephen? And, uh, you know, when we did the show, Peter Marshall, unbelievable said michael i will do all of the voices for you so when we do the show we act as if paul has never died he's just been gone for 40 years <laughs> and uh he comes back he's he's he comes back magically on stage and i mean he's like things are different twitter you know all these different things and we come he, he talks about all these great things he goes i you know i i knew share before the first farewell tour <laughs> um you know but you know like some of the questions uh, nathan hill one of the heroes of the american revolution was hung why because heredity <laughs> <laughs> boom i mean and these are things they got away with all right <laughs> like, i want to ta- I, I, I talk about how how did that I mean, some of these things, I, mean, I I was listening and I thought, oh, I can't play that on the radio. Yet this was way back, what, 50 years ago at this point. Exactly. And, and oh. Yeah. On the other hand, he wasn't, I mean, he was gay, but, but he wasn't that persona, but he was. And he was kind of like this in-between. So talk about that a little bit. They called them confirmed bachelors, Steve. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It was Paul, Charles Nelson Riley. I adore you. (laughs) I mean, all of them. George Firth, there was Liberace, Truman Capote. They were all um, confirmed bachelors. That's how they described them back in the day. But there were women that would throw their underwear at Paul in when he would do his shows. They, the women fell in love with him, you know, and it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Um, but Paul never, never denied anything. He actually said one time, you must live in a cave (laughs) if you can't figure it out. But he was totally unabashed when, uh, but he never, you know, blurted it out. I'm gay or wore a big old pink triangle on his forehead or anything like that. And in the show, the show, we cover it in such a really cool way. And you find that out at the end when he, you know, when 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 we do the closing number and he and he sings, I am what I am. 
I was my own special creation. It's pretty cool. And a lot of the LGBTQ people that have actually come to see the show, they go, we have a tear in our eye when he goes to say goodbye. You know, it's, it's, I'm excited. I hope we can bring the show to Chicago. We just need to find a theater there that'll take us. Well, this wouldn't <laughs> be the first time. So people listen to the show, book this guy. And there are theaters <laughs> in Chicago that could do that all yeah. over the city, in particular, maybe on the north side of Chicago. Uh, a couple of questions here sure. via the text line. 312-981-7200. One is a question I was going to ask as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died so early, didn't he? That is the question. Okay, here's. let me put the myth apart. You know, there was a whole thing about him. Paul died in bed with a hustler who left him some paid male prostitute and whatever. I have, I actually, doing the research on the show, got the death certificate in the coroner's report. He had a massive heart attack. He died at the age of 56 with the heart of an 86-year-old man from alcohol and drug abuse. And he had actually, believe it or not, he and Dick Van Dyke had gone, had gotten sober together. Hmm. They were one year, they, they, were, they were AA buddies. And Paul was clean, but the damage had been done to his body. Um, and, uh, you know, and he died. He was, he was actually shooting a pilot for a new show and, uh, died in his sleep with his little dog, Alfred there. Would you say that he was, uh, you mentioned, I think the word demons earlier, but yeah, give him demons. The, yeah, but that he was actually, uh, uh, tell me about the persona off screen. The persona, okay. Paul had, Paul had a lover. His name was uh, Marco, and he was this uh, very handsome young guy that he met in the uh, West Village in New York City. It's not talked about uh, much, but uh, Jan Craven, who was part of the Northwestern alumni, there was, you know, at Northwestern, do you know who was in Paul Lynn's acting class at Northwestern? No, tell me. Cloris Leachman, Charlton Heston, Patricia Neal, Charlotte Ray. Paul wow. Lind. Imagine that acting class at Northwestern. Yeah, that, really. was his, that was their theater group. <laughs> I mean, um, but, uh, you know, Paul, Paul had an alcohol problem big time. I mean, there were a few times he, he got picked up when they were shooting the Osmonds variety shows in Utah, the dry state. But, um, you know, he, he battled with alcohol. He battled with, he battled with uh, his weight and when he drank, as Kay Ballard gave me information, Paul started off, he was started off great. Uh, one drink, he was fine. Two drinks, he became Dr. Mengele. <laughs> you know, he was just, and um, his, it destroyed all of his relationships that he had. And uh, Marco was like this incredible artist who had no idea who Paul Hind was. Hmm. He was from Spain. And that's why Paul was a, got along with him in the beginning was because he didn't care. He didn't know that Paul was on TV and was famous. But um, the demons are what got him. I, and, I, have, a, uh, I have a question here I want to jump sure. in and get to, and that is... Go ahead. Tell me if he enjoyed Bewitched playing Uncle oh, Arthur. He Well, you know, he wasn't Uncle Arthur in the beginning. Really? Did you know that? No. In the first season, look it up. In the first season, he was Sam's driving instructor. In 1964, look it up. It's black and white. And he and Elizabeth and Bill Asher, who was the, uh, the producer, director, creator at the time, 
uh, and married to Elizabeth Montgomery. Elizabeth yes. and Paul got along so well, they decided to bring him back as Uncle Arthur. And if if you look at, if you go on my page, I think it's in the highlights, you'll see the Elizabeth Montgomery and Paul Lind on the Hollywood Palace. You can see the incredible chemistry that they had. And uh, yeah, and then he only did nine episodes as Uncle Arthur. That's the thing. I mean, you would think he was almost in the series all along, as often right. as uh, Agnes Moorhead as Endora. Uh, because right. because he was, the people, he was so good. He was so was good a, in that endured. role. Yep. You know, and and there's young kids discovering him now because of Amazon and Pluto and some of the other shows. And then I played the voice of Paul Lind on the number one children's show in the world eight, ten years ago. I was called The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody, and I played the I played the Magic Mara. <laughs> do you have a favorite? And I did the voice. Do you have a favorite yeah. Paul Lind line before we let you go? Okay, but uh, Paul, Paul, as Peter Marshall goes, Paul, in ancient Rome, bakers were required by law to bake something into each loaf of bread. What? A Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. There's so many. There's so many. There are so many. What a pleasure to talk to you, Michael Arrington. We'll be seeing you in a Chicago theater somewhere because someone is going to say this is right for Chicago. Michael, a pleasure to talk to you on WGN. You got it. A pleasure. I hope to come back. And I'm going to get you some other guests. Get to Roberta Kent, who is an incredible, credible comedy writer. I, I would love to talk to her. That would you be got great. It, buddy. All right. Thank you, you so much. It.